Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go. Welcome, everybody, to episode 99 of the Green Light Podcast. It's a good day to be a who, whatever the hell that means. Uh, P-O-C-E phrase, back at it. Uh, Duke has a great game against Carolina and then lays an egg against Virginia. Um, I don't want to say predicted it, you know, but tweeted two hours before the game, like, this is setting up to be one of these just hangover games, um, and that's... I think I'm just chalking it up to that. You know, my my funny side wants to say that Duke has to lose games to get more ACC teams in the tournament, which, by the way, Virginia is still not there. They, they got work to do. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, obviously you were in the building, so tell us what you saw. I was going to pull my, my, my best Dave Portnoy post-Super Bowl rundown. It was a hell of a game, fellas. It was a hell of a game, folks. My my voice still, as you guys can hear, everyone listening, is not fully recovered. That was my first. I'd been to Cameron before, um, but my first game in Cameron. Um, and we, I said, as we ended the episode with Tyler, I said, go ahead, beat Carolina, and then have a little trap game against Virginia. That's all he asked for. And you said you would take that. And I, and oh, you know, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. And, and I'll I, take that really every hard. single year. I will say, I, I did expect Virginia to be to play tougher. I was not expecting them to win, to really lead the whole game kind of the way they did. That was really surprising to me. Um, I think Jaden Gardner is really solid. They, they don't have much revenge, but neither does Duke. Um, I thought that they came up. The, the one thing I will, my biggest takeaway, and I know that the refs have been bad all season and oh. they were bad on both sides, but I will say it really is a different animal getting in there because you feel like, at least as the opposing fan was sitting right behind the Virginia bench, it does feel like there's an agenda when everyone is like on top of you and the refs, you start getting calls going this way. And early in the game, one of the first refs said to Williford, the UVA associate head coach, and it's like, don't start anything right now. Don't start anything right now, like two minutes in. And there were a couple of times where I thought Tony was getting really frustrated with calls, but then I thought there were a couple of bad ones that went in their favor. Um, so um it was it was a massive win for Virginia to keep their tournament hopes alive. Um, I did want to do um, one quick thing. And the fact that you said we are in a spot where the ACC right now is not getting a lot of a lot of teams in. No. I want to read you two blind resumes. And these oh. are both I'll be quite frank. These are both ACC teams. OK, I'm going to say the first team is 15 and nine, um, four and five on the road, two and no neutral. They're two and four against quad one, four and two against quad two, and two and three against quad three. So a combined um, six, six and six, six and no, four against quad one and two. Okay. Really most importantly, two and four against quad one. The other team, um, as, I, as I scroll and find this, is 0-4 against quad one, 
four and four against quad two, four and four, or four and two against quad three. So four and eight, and you combine them together, but most importantly, oh, and four against quad two. The first, if, if you're being objective, would you not think that the way the metrics are drawn up in the net, that team one would be significantly higher or at least close to team two? What was this overall record for team two? 14 and 10. And the first one's 15 and nine? And the first one is 15 and nine, correct? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say for both of them, it's too early to tell. But yeah, I mean, from your logic, and I assume, I'm assuming that the first one is Virginia. The first one is Virginia. Okay. And they, are, they are 80th in the net. They've got right. two quad one wins. Um, and the second team, which we'll get. Oh, and also, let's be clear. Team one has beaten team two. Um, that I would just like to say that. Team two is Virginia Tech at 43rd in the net. Yeah, I, yeah. 37, 43rd and 80th. And I, there's something wonky about this year, make man. Make it make sense. I know. Virginia I'm going to pull up. Providence on a neutral court. They've won at Duke. They've beaten Virginia Tech head to head. Virginia Tech has zero quad one wins, yet they are 37 spots higher. I apologize. Yeah, you got dogs. It's all right. Here's here's the stat that you – the tweet that you sent, Billy and I, the other day. UVA wins at number nine Duke, which is by far and away the best win you can have in the ACC. And it moved up five spots in Kempom. Then Virginia Tech wins at home versus – ranked in Ken Palm number 184 Pittsburgh, and they moved up nine spots in Ken Palm. I'm telling you, man, this, I think this may be one of the wonkier tournaments that we've ever seen. Cause I think the rankings are weird. I think the top 25 is weird. I think Ken Palm's weird. Vegas has don't, I would not take a Vegas line in the tournament at all. I think they've been horrendous all year. Which is when, when have we ever said that? It's been really, really off. Um, I mean, yeah, Duke I minus don't... three and a half, they beat Carolina by 30. Then Duke UVA, Duke's favored by four and a half. Yeah. And I know I'm like harping on something that, like, logically, I'm sure Ken Pomeroy and the people in run the net like can make sense of it. But when I'm just looking objectively of two teams that, are so far off. The only difference, and Virginia Tech is 6-0 and in quad four. Um, Virginia is 7-0 and in quad four. Quad three, Virginia is 2-3. and three. The only area where they have a better record is quad three, where Virginia is 2-3, and three, and Virginia Tech is 4-2. and two. So one more quad three loss. But everything else, they have two more quad one wins um, and two more, and two more um, quad two, and two less quad two losses for Virginia. So like, I just don't, I don't understand how we're at a point now. I get like UNC. I'm not ever going to like UNC beat the brakes off Virginia. Um, we'll, I, I want to talk about Duke Wild. beating the brakes off UNC, but like UNC is 41st in, um, in the net. Virginia Tech's 43rd. Like Virginia Tech's best win is what? Florida State? Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. I feel like we're, I'm I feel like we're trying to turn this into an agenda, but I, I just objectively, they beat Virginia, beat them. Virginia has looked good. On multiple occasions, they look good against for Duke. They look good against Providence. They look good against Miami. 
Um, they've had their spurts. They've looked bad against Navy and JMU, but Virginia Tech's looked pretty bad against some teams as well. So I don't, I, I, I really, I don't know what, I think Virginia will be in the mix come selection Sunday. I don't know how close in, how close out, whatever it will be. They've got a lot. They do have a pretty tough strength of schedule, whereas Dukes eases up a lot. Um, but I don't know, man. I just, I think we're going to get to this point on selection Sunday where we're looking at resumes, but then the net rankings and the Kim Palm rankings just don't match up with the actual resumes. If, and if we're going to really see like what is valued, if it's quad one wins, if it's playing teams, winning on the road, winning away from home, like yeah, it's going to be, I, this is the, the least amount of feel I've ever had. I feel like at this point of the year, almost midway through February of Same. what teams are going to get in and what seeds they're going to be. Cause I mean, if you're Duke coming off the UNC game, you're probably thinking, all right, there's an outside chance at a one seed. If you just went out and you keep playing. Um, yeah. They, I think they lost their one. I think they lost their one seed at this point. Let's go back to the Virginia game. I think the most shocking thing for Duke is I, I all I'm doing is chalking this up to a, a hangover game after beating Carolina by 30 and just being hyped about that. Um, that's all I'm chalking this up to. They have four losses on the year for a total of nine points. So there's no panic button. Um, I think what was upsetting there is that we made a horrendous offensive team. And I mean, God awful. Look amazing. Kihei Clark looked like Allen Iverson. I mean, nobody could stay in front of him at all. He got into the paint at will. We were getting backdoored. I mean, it was ridiculous. It, I didn't know. I literally texted you in the middle of the game. Who is this? Who are we playing? I don't know. I don't recognize this team at all. The fact that it was, was 60. Yeah. What was the final score? 69, 68? 69 to 68. And yeah, like that's insane. Better offensive outputs that Virginia's had. My I mean, biggest takeaway was obviously, the, and there was a lot, there's a big, um, there was a huge uh, talk about how that was only the game winning three by Reese Beekman was only the second three Virginia hit the whole game. Um, they went two of 12. And by the um, way, I loved the move to zone. That makes sense. Zone a team that can't shoot. Eh, I, I would have now said they, that they didn't rebound Gardner, out of it. if Jaden Gardner wasn't absolute monster from the mid range. I mean, he, he yeah, but, was eight of 19 and finished with 17 yeah, he, points and eight rebounds. And he, he was for a while it. there. He was getting that turnaround. I think it was a good move if they were really like sinking to him, but he was getting bucket after bucket for a while there. Um, yeah. And, and Shedrick was in the dunker spot went eight of eight from the field, 16 points career high that came out of nowhere, but out of nowhere, there, there's, there is no depth. Malachi Poindexter, who's a walk-on for Virginia, was one of eight players that played for Virginia. He played 14 minutes. Um, almost put up a trillion. Almost put up a trillion. Um, Cody Statman, 10, 10 minutes. And then, like, obviously, Duke brought Keels off the bench. Honestly, um, Danny, Danny Dimes' little brother is probably the biggest spark they had. Wild. The when, you guys got it, while. when you guys got it to 11, he hit two threes in a row. So, I mean, and I guess that my question is, and I haven't been following Duke as much as you have recently, is Joey Baker just like, could he not play in that game? Or is he just lost? Because he played two minutes. I don't know how he doesn't play in that game. I do know that as soon as he subbed in, he gave up a straight line drive. I mean, like jab and dribble. Like, like you didn't, it's not like you got hezied or crossed or tweened or double. It was jab three dribbles to the rim layup, and then he got subbed out. So 
I think Kay is just sick of watching him give up uh, easy buckets. Um, Paolo, and honestly, man, Paolo didn't do a lot in the Carolina game. I mean, that was the A.J. Griffin show. It so, was, and, and A.J. Griffin then disappeared and barely played against Virginia. That was so – I don't minutes. know what happened there. One of I seven think, from the field, four rebounds, four assists. He, I, I don't know how many times I tweeted, where is A.J. Griffin, but at least three times. Yeah. Like, I know we're – maybe we're trying to get Trevor Keels back, but, like, not at A.J.'s expense. Put put him over Wendell Moore. And, and I, don't think Virgi- I, think, I don't think Virginia wins if Mark Williams doesn't get in foul trouble like he did. Um, fine, I think, but like Mark Williams, Mark Williams was dominant at stretch. I mean, he was five seven from the field, and they just, I think, Virginia's guys like even Shedrick and uh, Shedrick, I guess, only ended with two, but um, even like Beekman got in foul trouble, finished with four fouls, Kafaro finished with four fouls, like they were struggling against Mark Williams. Um, but I just I felt like when Virginia, the crazy thing, I, I think I sent you the timestamps with, um, uh, or maybe I did not. Um, I was sending you a lot of stuff and I felt like I was piling on at some points. So, um, <laughs> I, I calmed down, but I will say this was the, um, there are a couple crazy stats I did want to bring up was Paolo, um, one, let's find this. Oh, let's go. It was between, so of his nine points, um, six of those came between the 1448 mark and the 1223 mark. For Paolo. Like, for Paolo in the first half. So six of his nine points came in a two and a half minute stretch. Six, six to six minutes in the game and was listen relatively I, unaffected. I just don't think he's aggressive enough with some of that. Yeah. I listen. I think that's it too, where this is not now for some games um, I'm blanking, not Ohio state. Who's there. So it's Ohio state, Virginia, I'm blanking on their other two losses. Oh, Miami, that, no, Miami and, and Florida State. Um, not Florida State. I think it was the Miami game. I was critical of them, them like the, the coaching staff, not get, putting him in places where he can be isolated, mid-post, pick and roll, whatever it is. Yep. But that has not been the case, man. He had plenty of opportunities in the Carolina game to go get 22. He had plenty. And I love where I love him the best. There's two places the mid post and he can go get to his spot or middle of the floor. I love when they set a pick and roll in the middle and then he just pops and he catches and then he can create from there. And there's been plenty of those, man. There's been plenty. No, the last stats I do want to point out points off turnovers, Virginia 20 Duke had two. I thought Virginia did a pretty good job taking care of the ball. And then they obviously capitalize. You ready for this? You ready for this that you're going to love that I saw today? I didn't send to you. Uh, Duke has not finished above Virginia in the eight. Now, two of them they tied. So it's like, all right. But in the last nine years, Duke has not finished above Virginia in the ACC regular season standings. It's not surprising because they haven't won an ACC regular season title since 2010. It's crazy. And Tony's just been consistent up the top. The other point was paint points. I know Coach K talked about this early on. That's why he called it early time. I says Virginia 52 to 28 points in the paint. Yeah, that was nuts. Cra- that then, was, that's what I'm saying. Like you guys craziest don't do of that. all. And this is what's why when you think about the, I guess this would have been the 20, which I think it was the Tyus, the Tyus game, um, where they really, really pushed out in transition. It was that year. Virginia was pretty dominant, I think was number one in the country. And then Duke came in and really exposed them in transition. Fast break points, Virginia 10, Duke 1. 
which I guess is a free throw on a fast break. Yeah, from coming off a fast break, but 10 to 1. Yeah. Duke got one point in transition is that that's tough. Um, it's really, really tough. And they missed, yeah. they had a couple chances too. I mean, they missed, I think they missed, they threw one deep to Mark Williams that went out of bounds. Well, first um, of all, we, and then, we can't. And then Beekman, Beekman needs to shoot more. I'm so happy he did shoot that three because he needs to be more aggressive. I think if Virginia is good is when he is aggressive. Um, what? Last thing I would do want to ask you though, what, and we talked to us, what did, what are they telling Mark Williams out of that timeout? So if you looked back at it a million times, like I did, Jeremy Roach falls underneath the post guy. Yep. And after the ball goes in, Mark goes out for a second. That's the crazy part. It's like, Mark, you're there, bro. You, we don't need a rebound. Like you just got to make sure that you stay. And he, it was insane. It now Roach probably didn't communicate as good as he needed to, to be screaming at Mark, like, yo, I'm down here. But at the end of the day, that's on Mark, man. Like, it's not like they had like 17 seconds and he was like, oh shit, like I'm in the wrong spot. You had three. It, what was it? One point. No, uh, it was just seven seconds. No, seven seconds left. Seven. So he was out there for a couple seconds, then runs back, and j- no one went back out. Um, yeah, he was I, that lost. was. He got, and then he just got caught in no man's land. Then just kind of stood there. Yeah, it was um, infuriating. But it was. It's interesting because I right after the game, um, so on the Virginia staff, I think they thought I was like, "What happened?" And how they break down? He's like, "They thought he. They thought that maybe he thought he was switching." Coach K came out. I was like, "No, we didn't. We weren't supposed to be switching at all. This was just like." getting lost out there yeah and and losing which, and you know what's um, so frustrating is i love the sub because mark wasn't in the game so i love the sub to put him on the ball then you guys call timeout and then we yeah. do it again it's like all right like come on man like and it's interesting because you notice though the first time they did take the inbound it was kihei that took it out they yes. call timeout then they put beekman there um and the interesting thing and you listen to tony's press conference as well is um, Jason Williford, the associate head coach, is their base, their out of bounds coach essentially. And he goes, one thing I learned from my dad is delegate stuff like that and trust your assistants. It gives them ownership of something. And so that last huddle, that was all Jason Williford. He was drawing everything up, and Tony just kind of stand off to the side. And I think um, it wasn't anything crazy. It was almost more of a breakdown of the play, but it was really interesting for me to see a guy in Tony that's probably top five coach in the country won a national championship, just deferring to his assistants. And the biggest thing I've learned from now sitting behind that bench twice this year, closer than I ever have, I've never been able to have that be that close to Tony, is how much he really does rely on his staff. And it's awesome to see. Before he yells at a ref, before he goes too deep, he'll ask them, was that actually goaltend? Like, check me, like, make sure. Or what are we seeing here? And it's, 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 it's crazy from being on a bench where, like, I don't think – Christian or gross or any of those guys were really utilizing it as much as Tony did. But I mean, he all the time is asking his staff for, for, for opinions, asking him for advice. And they, they, they all meet before he goes with the team, they huddle up, like take more time huddling as a staff than he talks. than usually he talks to his team, Um, but it was pretty cool to see. And it was awesome to see um, coach Wilford. Well, one, not, not get in a fight with Nolan Smith, which I thought was about to, to really go down there for a second. And then two, um, given that ownership because he's the last, he's the last assistant of Tony's original staff. That's still there. Um, and I yep. think he's going to get a head job soon. Um, I'm hoping he doesn't because he's got a really good son. That's like a freshman or sophomore in high school. I'm hoping comes to Virginia, but 
um, site. I mean, it was it was awesome to be in the building. Dude, it lives up obviously to the hype. It's such a unique spot. I mean, you can't say enough about it. Um, but really, really, I and but at least you got your win against the the, the Tar Heels. It's all that matters, dude. It's all that matters. Um, we don't need to even belabor the point at this point, but I mean, an absolute ass whooping that nobody saw coming. Um, I was, you saw it coming as soon as Baycock got a, or I saw it as soon as Baycock got a second foul. That was, yeah. Why, why was Baycock on Paolo to start the game? When you know, you know, as soon as Duke saw that they were like, well, this is what we're doing. We are running right at this guy. Um, that was a peculiar at best coaching decision. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, just amazing for Krzyzewski to be able to walk out of, uh, the Dean Dome the last time with his wife with an absolute ass whooping of the Tar Heels, um, goes to show you that last year was an absolute fluke. Um, Caleb Lo- or wait, uh, why am I blanking? Yeah. Caleb Love. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was like, did I just have a brain fart? Caleb Love was unbelievable last year against Duke. He looked like a first team, all ACC player. And I think the true Caleb came out this year, which is good. Uh, anyway, forget that. I'm happy they won, obviously. Um, you know, Duke, Duke needs to – they can't have more than six losses with an ACC championship, and they have four right now. So they can't have more than six with an ACC championship to get a one seed. They have six or seven, and they don't win the ACC championship. They could fall to a three. I think they'll be a two, but whatever. Um Let's talk NBA, man. Let's transition to Crazy. a lot went down, but obviously the the star-studded trade was between the 76ers and the Nets. Uh, so the Nets ship off Harden and Paul Millsap for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and Andre Drummond, um, and two first-round picks going to Brooklyn. So really quick, the Nets won by far and away. Uh, but I will say, I think the 76ers got the best that they possibly could for Ben Simmons because, you know, they tried, they tried to get monster deals early. They in the wanted year. the the thing that was crazy is they wanted two first round picks. At least they ended up giving two first round picks to, to, uh, to Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, I do think both teams are better off from this. To be honest. I don't think it was ideal for Brooklyn, um, but if you gave up so many assets for James Harden to begin with, and he potentially walked this offseason anyways, you're in a really, really bad spot if you're Sean Marks. At least yep. now you get a point guard that can guard literally all five positions, can't, and you've got a team built around him that if he wants to defer, he can defer all he wants to KD, to Kyrie, to Joe Harris, to Blake Griffin, whatever he wants to do. Um, it was just – it's crazy. They played 16 games together, the three of them in Brooklyn. Isn't that wild? Um, and I mean, but I look looking at this objectively, I do think that Brooklyn is potentially a better team right now. Oh, uh, dude, I think so. I mean, I it's, think I, Philadelphia might is is a better team right now because they haven't had Ben Simmons at all. It's yeah. Just if can is James Harden though? Like, is James Harden the problem, or do you think? Yes. Like, I know the whole. I know he's trying to pin this all. He's upset with Kyrie not playing and blah 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 and stuff. But like, yo. Get, I'm I'm sick of Harden, man, and I've and I've never been a fan of Harden. I hate. First of all, I'm so happy he stopped getting all the calls, which has drastically changed his game. 
and change the way people guard him. People can be way more aggressive. He's not getting the bullshit sweep through rip foul calls. Um, and he hasn't been as good. And for anyone to complain in Brooklyn is out of this world, but it was out of this world to complain in Houston. I mean, you're going to get Chris Paul trade. You're going to complain about having the best point guard in the league on your team. Like, come on, man, come on. So I'm sick of Harden. Um, you know, I don't have an NBA team, so I could care less where he plays. I guess I'm happy that Durant has like a true shot at it now. Cause otherwise no way I, you know, I don't, I would have I mean, never you gotta think they were Brooklyn was so close to knocking off Milwaukee in the East with base with no Kyrie and with a shell of James Harden barely out there. Yeah. Um, and so I do think like one of the biggest keys I think too, in terms of continuity is if the vaccine mandate changes at all. And if Kyrie can start playing in home games, yep. which it does seem like there's a, a much greater possibility now than there was um, that could possibly happen. Um, but they need to build continuity. And I'm curious how quickly, Ben Simmons plays because he's used, I won't say an excuse, but he's used mental health. And then it's going to be interesting. like, does he just like, as soon as he switches, like, Oh, I'm, I'm good to play now. Like I'm good mentally. Or do they milk, not say milk it, but like, do they give a little bit of a buffer zone before they, they play? But, they'll probably, yeah, they'll probably give a little buffer. Um, he's been working but, out. I can say, um, yeah, he's been working out close to the pot and Jacob bear with George Mason. They're practicing at, uh, the Sixers facility before playing LaSalle. And he was just in the six. I guess the team was on the road. But Isn't that crazy that they just, out, which is wild. Yeah. It must just be in all the contracts. Of and life. I did it's read a-, a thing today that was pretty crazy. I think it's something that he's been fined like $385,000 a game for every game he hasn't played, which totals, it was like 18 million so far this year, which is more than the 17 and a half million dollar house he bought in LA last off season. I mean, there's no way he's got the bread house like looks that. Unbelievable. He does, man. He really How? Does. He doesn't have crazy endorsement. He only signed like a hundred million dollar, hundred fifty million dollar deal, right? How much do you think he's got on court already? And or one hundred fifty. So his deal two hundred. His current deal is five years, one hundred and seventy-seven mil. Um, okay, he's got it. My and bad. that goes My bad. and that goes through twenty-four, twenty-five. So he's got three more years, obviously, of, of all that. And then, but if you look at career earnings, like so far, he's already made, he's already made 89,676,000 or no. Yeah. 89.6 million. Um, and then he's owed basically another 110 to get him. He'll, he has two what, with what he's made and what he's guaranteed $203 million. I mean, does two hundred million dollars in the bank mean that you can just piss away eighteen million? I guess it does. If you, I mean, it is. I, I, it, it sounds bad. I, I don't fully agree, but I, I kind of have respect for him for literally just standing his ground this whole time. Be like, no, we talked about this, right? We were like, listen. At first, it looked like Simmons was the bad guy. Then the 76ers treated him like shit. So it was, and then like came out publicly, it was like we're gonna get rid of him, you know, whatever. And so then they kind of looked like a bunch of bums. And so it, it, this thing has ping-ponged a bunch through its saga. The two things um, that are crazy, it's both that I didn't expect either. I didn't expect Deshaun Watson to not to go an entire season without playing. And I didn't wild. expect Ben Simmons to – I mean, I kind, I had more of a chance, I think, that of going to the trade deadline. And he would have held all the way to the offseason if he needed to. Yeah. And I think if this deal doesn't get done, I don't think they had any 
fallback options that anyone was offering. Lakers no. stood pat today. Knicks, not, not the Knicks are, are competitive right now, but a lot of teams stood pat. And then a random Dallas Mavericks trade of, of Kristaps to DC. Yep. It was a lot of ancillary type deals. It wasn't any major, major shakeups. No. Um, I guess outside of, and you could say with, with Indiana, with Sabonis and, um, and Halliburton, I think it's a really good deal for Indiana. And I don't think Sacramento really cares about building anything. I feel bad for Sabonis, but um, Lakers, man, standing pat, like not even attempted John Wall. I don't, I mean. Dude, I, what else could you need? What else? He called the just, whole. It, there is, it's not only me. It's just like, do you just punt on Westbrook saying we were wrong and just give it one more chance with somebody else? I think Man. that there's a chance they could make. I don't, I don't watch the late. They're on too late, but yeah, they, me too. I, it, it does seem like, I, I don't know. I, I, I have this like optimism that they can put it together because it's LeBron. We've seen it like before. It's LeBron, it's AD. And it's like, how can adding Russell Westbrook in these pieces not make them better? But they were, I think the Lakers and the Nets were both the preseason like favorites to win each conference. And they're both like sitting outside looking in pretty much in the playoffs right now. It's yeah. Wild. Absolutely wild. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. Okay. Let's talk about the Yukon Huskies, um, a team we haven't talked too much about this year, but got a massive, massive win against a streaking Marquette team. I'm not sure there's been a team that has been hotter in the last month or so than Marquette. Um, UConn, with that win, climbs to third in the Big East. They are 7-4, and 16-6 and six overall. Um, they also brought back the – every all, like, my friends and my timeline was loving the jerseys. These are like the Ray Allen classics with the little, like, red on the side. Um, I don't know why teams – I mean, I heard this over the week um, from Mike – it was like, why does Duke wear the brotherhood? Like, just you have a classic brand, just like don't change it. I think people feel the exact same way about the Connecticut ones that say Connecticut across. And I mean, those they are the classic. But anyway, massive win for UConn, um, sitting at third. I don't, I've watched them a ton. I'm not a ton. I've watched them a handful of times. There's the talent is there. They haven't, and they've been hurt. You know, they've, they've had some injuries to start the year. Um, but it just hasn't necessarily seemed to click yet. I think this team, like always, it just feels like they're, they could be poised for one of those classic sweet 16 elite eight runs that no one sees coming right now. But that when we look back, we're going to be like, oh yeah, why didn't we pick UConn? So that's just a huge win for them, man. Um, the big East overall Providence is at one. Villanova two, UConn three, Marquette four, Creighton at five, wow. which is surprising. Yeah. Right? I would never Very have so. I would never have thought that. I don't that. feel like I've heard about them at all this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, Georgetown, what do we – everyone is calling for Ewing's head. Um, that fan base must be in turmoil, and, I, and I, you can see it on Twitter and message boards and everything you read and articles, but – you know, it's they're they're in a tough spot because they're calling for their best player's head. You know, like they're they're calling after, after calling for the son of their basically their program, like the head of their program's son. Like, you know, yeah, you go from John Thompson to Patrick Ewing, like the only thing you go 
next is completely outside the box, I think. Yeah, you probably leave the family for a bit. Um, should he – I mean, I, I, I think even just because of who he is, he gets a year, at yeah. least one more. Um, but I, I think next year is, is probably put up or shut up time for sure. No, I agree. Um, they should – I mean, they're – I'm trying to think where they would be now. Obviously I get, you can't change conferences in the middle of the year, but like it doesn't help that they're in just a murderer's row of conference. Like they really doesn't. Um, yeah. I mean, the big East is really good this year. Um, you know, the first five or six are really, really tough. And then that middle of the road, like Seton hall, they got a big win. Um, and how about that? Kevin Willard's 100th win at Seton hall. Kevin Willard's good, man. I mean, he can Dude, be in the mix for some jobs, right? But I don't like like you say he's gonna be in the mix for job. Like what? Like I think he's doing. I think he's fine. Like I think he's in. I think uh, he is, but like, where does he go? Does he go to Louisville? I don't. I don't. I wonder how much he's. Ma- I don't know if it's public, but like, how much he's making? I can't see them paying that much, right? Uh, I mean, they got to be cl- whatever Providence, whatever Cooley's making, he's got to be making two point one million. He's making two point yep. one at Seton Hall. It says um, he Florida, he he was he pulled his name out of the Virginia Tech job in 2019 when they hired uh, Mike Jones. Yeah, that's or a good I mean, that's Mike a good Jones. decision. But I'd rather have Seton Hall than Virginia Tech. Yeah, um, I think what? resources though. The thing is, it's like Seton Hall. There's these schools that are going to be able to offer more in terms of resources, money, all that, even nil stuff. That because football helps float that, like not yeah, having 100%. football. Now, that, I'm not saying like the entire big east like they're bad jobs in the big east or anything like that but i do think like if the, so this is, a, this is a question for you would he be considered for pittsburgh or would he should he consider pittsburgh i think he sh- mm. what's a better job virginia tech or pittsburgh i would say pitt but it's I like close I, oh, so, but that's you, a good you, question yeah. Yeah. they're very I mean, similar programs now Pitt's probably going to end up being Sean Miller. Um, yeah. But quick, quick note on that. Did you expect? And I, I don't see any way Jeff Capel keeps his job. No. They are nine and sixteen. They're four and ten in the ACC. They're one and eight on the road. Um, have a one game winning streak currently. I don't even know who they just beat. Did you ever expect him to be saying that he is out this this quick? No. Um... You know, I know Shire is getting all the love right now, and deservedly so. He does a great job. But you know me. I, I was Capel all the way for Kay's replacement. Yeah. I, I thought it was Capel or bust. Um, you know, he he besides the Oklahoma run with Blake Griffin. Wait, they won at Florida State. Sorry. They won at Florida State as their last. Oh, my goodness. I mean, the AC, dude, I'm telling that you. That was like, their last comes, win. I mean, it comes it's, back to the top of the hour. We don't know what's happening with basketball this year. It's very hard to predict. I mean, I'm completely missed that, to be honest with you. Completely missed it. Yeah, but to answer your question, no, I definitely didn't think he'd be gone this early. I actually thought he would be pretty successful there. I mean, the guy can just recruit, so I don't, I don't really get it. But um, anyway, um, where was I going with all of this? We were talking about – oh, Providence. Okay, so one of my favorite uh, bits that goes on on Twitter – um, and I'm sure you've seen it because I've tweeted at him, but Rob Douster and the, the Friar faithful. So the Friar fans feel slighted and have felt slighted all year based on their ranking. Um, all they've done is win. 
right? Except and like, Virginia. yeah, except, except Virginia, Virginia, right? All they've done is win. They've won seven in a row. And all you can do is beat who's in front of you. Like Douster always loves like stoking the fire of like, ah, oh, this guy's oh, yeah. been hurt. And he, you guys beat them on the, on, at home, not on the road. All these things to just light a fire under Providence's ass. Um, Cooley came out in classic fashion and had a quote. He was like seeding. He's like, who cares about seeding pumpkin seed? What seed? He's like, you, you gotta do what you gotta. I forget the actual quote, but basic pumpkin seed was in it. Um, and he's like, you just gotta win the games in front of you, man. You gotta take care of business. So listen, that's a name that we have thrown out a couple of times. Cooley went hard after Michigan. We haven't heard any other like public campaigns from him. But are there any jobs that he might be a fit for? I have always said the dude is in heaven. He's the, the state of Rhode Island loves him. Um, they, they have a new AD, but the AD that they replaced the old day was the, the, the guy who was in charge of development, Steve Napolillo. So like, it's not like you're getting a completely new human, you know him. So you're good there. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's a lifer unless like a I top he, 15 job once again, but Maryland, I think he would crush it at Louisville or Maryland. Oh. See, I think Maryland over Louisville for sure. Um, I think either one, he would absolutely crush it. He could, he could, I, he I don't know. I, list, but. I don't know if he, the Maryland fans would love him. And so would Louisville, but I, but I almost think he fits Maryland more. He does. Wow. Well, yes. I don't know. It's hard because I love Cooley. I think he's a good guy and I hate Maryland. I think they're savage, disgusting fans. Um, so does, so does JJ Reddick, but, um, yeah. it, but that, so that it would crush me to see him there because I think that he'd have them back to relevancy so quick. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, it's, it's one of those things we, we talked about it the last episode, the episode before, like if you are like, it's the same as Chris Mack, man. He had it as as alma mater as a one seed in the like everything great, all the job security in the world. And here we are, he's already out at Louisville. And not saying that would happen to him, but I feel like and I, I get these guys are competitors, they're striving to they want the best jobs. They're 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 not just they don't want to just sit on their hands and just be completely stagnant, but I feel like it should be some cause for concern of uh, or pause because it is, it's crazy. I mean, you could be, like as you said, none of us expected Cable to be out this fast. I guarantee no one expected Chris Mack to be out that fast. Um, you're, 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 you're drifting into the, the deep unknown sometimes if you're trying to rebuild, especially in a spot like Louisville, it's been through so much and the sanctions and everything goes along with it. Um, so you got to figure out what's your most, what, what, what works for you and where you're most comfortable. Um, all right, let's do a couple quick hitters before we wrap this episode up. What do you think the five players at Indiana did to get suspended for one game? And then for uh, Woodson to quote, it's important that all team rules are followed and a curfew applies to everyone in our program for a reason. So he already kind of alluded to the fact that, yeah, all right, they were out. Um, was it a road trip they were out on? Was it home? Did they, you know, whatever it was uh, for you to suspend five dudes, though. Like, are you suspending five guys for just simply missing curfew? No way. No way. I mean, yeah. It, That's too simple. That's way too simple. I'm trying to look in the comments on, like, some of their, like, blogs right now and some of the posts and just, I mean, oh, man. Are they just out partying? Are they out? I mean, 
who knows, man? Yeah, um, I don't know either. But all right, so we'll, it, it, he's back. The all five players are back uh, for the game this Saturday against Michigan State, I think. Um, the other thing I want to talk about, obviously, number one falls. Auburn goes down. Uh, it's Woo Pig Suey, isn't it, for Arkansas? It is. Yeah, that's it's just the worst. Um, but we got to talk coaches, two coaches I can't stand at all. <laughs> we yeah, we got to talk about both the of them easily take their shirts off too much. That was wild. Um, the court storm in and of itself is not crazy. I thought the crazy part was that they turned the lights off. Well, they were like flickers, like off and on, off and on. Yeah. They had sparklers, like literally like bottle service sparklers coming yeah. off the hoops. And like, thought, is that do they do that after every game? Like, I feel like they have I don't to know, almost. man. I don't know. I thought that that was in in a world of like like um, Travis Scott, right? Not to get morbid on people, but in a world where crowds are crazy, crowds are hard to control, and we know court storms are hard to control. You're just gonna flash the light. I think. Nuts. I think. I think that they that for literally Muss is driving the bus there. They're taking the fine. They're stoking. They're trying. I mean, Arkansas football hasn't been good in so long. No. Muss is trying to turn that. I mean, there's a basketball school, but like trying to stoke the flame there to get the fans invested and involved. And I mean, he's a crazy dude as it is. Um, but I mean, they're bumping like they're bumping hip hop. As soon as it ends, they're on, he's taking his shirt off and he's pumping like, I, I don't know. I mean, it's the thing is, it's fun, like it's all well and good when you're winning. If they take a turn for the worse, and then he becomes like a caricature, then that's. I mean, that's it's a twenty. And he, I can't say that he has because he's been successful. Like Nevada's been winning; They've, he's won in Arkansas like right away. Yeah, but it's just a lot. Like it is a lot. Yeah. Um, just all the whole the, everything. Like it's a, it's the same thing. Even the recruiting pictures he takes with kids and everything. Like. He's trying to just put his program like he wants a spotlight on his program all the time. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. It's a $25,000 fine, by the way, which Texas had to uh, pay. They can get Ben Simmons. They can probably get Ben Simmons to pay it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, man. Well, that that's pretty much it. What else? Anything else? I mean, we've got, what do we have? I mean, in terms of games this week, um, I think this week tonight, Duke, Clemson, Gonzaga, yeah, Stanford, Oregon. Um, can we say Murray State has, has quietly snuck into the top 25 along with St. Mary's? Like, hey, we've got, and obviously Gonzaga's number two, but like we've got a few mid majors, if you want to call that, I guess. Uh, Murray State is definitely still the major, but in, the, in Gonzaga, whatever you want to say, but like kind of crazy. Um, and then Let's look what we got on on Saturday. Just preview. Um, we've got UConn, St. John's. Um, what else we got? Maryland. Ohio is still receiving votes, by the way, which is fantastic to see. Let's do it. Um, tough loss for the Bobbies. Um, but yeah, that was was very tough. Um, oh, I'm looking at. Uh, sorry, I was looking at Sunday. Um, we get Texas Baylor um, to kick off the day on Saturday. That'll be good. Yeah. Oklahoma, Kansas. Well, first of all, the one towel boy will be in the building for Pitt, NC State. So we're excited about there that. There you go. There you go. There you go. Um, UNC, Florida State. That'll be an interesting one. That's Let's go, Florida State. There. Um, and then Miami, Wake Forest. That's actually a pretty big one. Uh, Wake that Forest. Is a big one. 20 and five, 10 and four in the ACC. Steve Forbes in year two. In year two, that I have a lot of people thought that was an odd hire. 
just given the school and the academics and everything that goes along and the way that he just gets transfers and Juco kids all the time, 20 and five and 10 and four in the ACC. And I think they're top 30 in the net rankings. Like it's very, pretty very damn close. good. Pretty damn good. Very quickly, not next episode because we, um, that's a hundred, but episode 101, let's open up with the top 15 teams, both offensively and defensively in Kempom and see where they're at, what teams, and then we'll start talking about Final Four, Elite Eight stuff because we're getting, we're getting, yeah, we're getting down to the wire. But um, all right, that's it, man. Uh, Episode 99, call it a wrap. Um, Yeah, that's all I got. Until then, keep the ball bouncing. Lately, I've been feeling like this is what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss, then tell me what you're working for. Certain doors are closed, but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup. Pulls, lust, rust, souls up next, and I got this. Crazy like Britney and the love so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is. Come on.